0: Good morning. This is Pastor Bill Gay at Solid Rock Bible Church. Uh, I just wanted to bring you a short message today. You know, we're in a time period right now and we hear quite a bit about it, but I've entitled this this little message, The Tribulation Period. You know, I'm sure that most of you have heard about a day that's coming, and it's it's gonna be here before we know it. It's known as the tribulation. So I'll just ask a question. What is the tribulation? And what's its purpose? The word tribulation means trouble, anger, or anguish, or distress. And this tribulation period that that will hit us will last for a period of seven years. And And it will be seven years of great trouble and distress for all of those who remain here living on this earth. You know, near the end of Jesus' earthly ministry, the disciples asked Jesus a question. They asked him here in Matthew chapter 24 verse 3. It said, what will be the sign of your coming and of the end of this age? They asked him these questions because he had told them that he would soon be leaving, and but that one day he would return. And when he did, he would set up his kingdom and they would reign with him. Therefore, the disciples wanted to know when this would happen. Jesus then shared with them a very important message, and I think it's a message that we all need to hear. He's telling them right now, they're asking what is it that we need to look for? And I'm sure many of you have heard this. But it is the truth. This is Jesus himself speaking these words. In Matthew chapter 24, verse 5 through 9. For it says, and Jesus says to the disciples, For many will come in my name, saying, I am the Christ. And they will lead many astray. These are the false prophets and the false teachers. And when you will hear of wars... And rumors of wars, see that you are not alarmed, for this must take place, but the end is not yet. Of course we've all hear the wars, we hear rumors of wars taking place right now all over the world. But he said, This is not it's not time yet, but it is getting close. And here in verse seven it says, For nation will rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom, and there will be famines or hunger. And pestilence, diseases, and earthquakes in various places. You know, we go to the grocery store right now. We have many. We have a hard time right now finding a lot of things in the grocery store in the way of foods, in the way of meats, and different things. Uh, Pestilence—that's disease. Look at what's going on right now. Look at all the diseases that we've had. Look at the disease we're going through right now. This coronavirus and uh, you know it just seems like it's one thing after another with this pestilence and earthquakes in various places this is all over the world and we keep hearing of, of uh, severe earthquakes all over and he says this is going to happen he says here in verse 8 all these are but the beginning of the birthplace this is just the beginning this is not, taken, this is not the tribulation yet but it is the beginning. It is getting, the tribulation itself is getting close. And here in verse 9 it says, Then they will deliver you up to tribulation, put you to death, and you will be hated by all nations for my name's sake. There is so much hate going on in this world right now, it is just unreal. And you know, when the disciples heard this, I you know I, I just thinking, I said, I doubt if, if what the disciples that they didn't want to hear this. They thought what Jesus would speak of was maybe when he comes back, great parade, celebrations, not all the conflict and the persecution, but later in this very same message Jesus is still talking. And Jesus said in Matthew 24, 21, For then There will be great tribulation such as has not been from the beginning of the world until now. No, and never will be. He says when the tribulation hits, it will be such devastation, such tribulation that this world has never seen it before and they'll never see it again like what it will be. The tribulation will be a time of trouble like the world has never seen And it is going to be bad. And a lot of people just kind of scoff and laugh at this. But just look at what's going on right now and see how close that we are getting to what Jesus says it's time for him to come back. So let me ask you a question. What is the purpose of the tribulation? Why is the tribulation going to happen? Many believe that it is for the punishment of those who love a life of sin rather than a life of righteousness. You know, we're told that God hates sin, that God cannot look upon sin, and he will not look upon sin. He sent his son, Jesus Christ, to this earth to die for our sins, and many people still scoff at things like this, that that Jesus came because of his love for you. You know, we read in Revelations chapter 6, verse 15 through 17. It says, Then the kings of the earth and the great ones and the generals and the rich and the powerful and everyone, slaves and free, hid themselves in the caves and among the rocks of the mountains, calling for the mountains and the rocks... It says, to fall on us and hide us from the face of him who is seated on the throne. And from the wrath of the Lamb, for the great day of their wrath has come, and who can stand? They are asking, they are asking God just to go ahead. Let the rocks and the mountains fall on them. That they don't want to go through the terrible period that is fixing to happen. Because they can see it coming. But there's also another very important reason for the tribulation. Looking again at the book of Revelations, chapter 7, verse 9 through 10, it reads, After this I looked, and behold, a great multitude that no one could number from every nation. From all the tribes and peoples and languages standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed in white robes, with palm branches in their hands, and crying out with a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. During the tribulation period, there will be a revival like this world has never seen. Many people, what we don't realize, there will still be people that will be saved Dear, in the tribulation, they're really going to see that everything that God said is true, it's happening. And now they want God to come into their life, you know, and God is, He, he, he is still going to be saving people. But there is also going to be an antichrist here. And, you know, we hear about the mark of the beast or the antichrist. Most people feel like it's going to be either a mark in your hand or on your forehead. They don't really know what this mark is right now. They feel like it's going to be something like uh, one of these uh, codes, you know, uh, like on food that they scan over a scanner and it gives you the price. Well, you're going to have a number, and that number will show up. And it says, if you do not take the mark of the beast that you cannot buy, or you cannot sell any goods. So if you do not take the mark of the beast, you cannot sell anything, you cannot buy anything, you will have no money, you'll have nothing. But, you know, Jesus also said, if you don't take the mark of the beast, if you don't bow down to him and accept him as as your Lord, that you can still be saved. But if you take the mark, if you bow down to the antichrist or to the beast, there is no way for you to be saved. And the Bible says that, uh, that, that you know, we, we're looking back at Paul during, during the day of Pentecost. He said the Bible said that 3,000 people were saved on the day of Pentecost. And then another 5,000 just a few days later. But during the tribulation, people, there will be such a massive turning to Christ and this is referred to as a great multitude that no one could number. That's what we just read a while ago. There was such a great multitude from every nation, from every tongue, the languages, standing before the throne of God, clothed in white robes. This is, this is them that had been saved, that had accepted Christ during the tribulation period. There is going to be such a massive turning to Christ. And I can say it. They said this is referred to as that as great number that no one could count. It's good to know that during a time when no, when, when there is so much trouble that many will turn to Christ. You know, I, we're seeing a lot of things happen right now in the churches. Many people are seeing the things that's happening, seeing the things that's going on right now, and many of them are beginning to believe what the Bible says. And many of them are beginning to turn to Christ, and that is probably... One of the greatest things, I know it is, it's one of the greatest things they can do is to accept Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. And, uh, but, you know, even during the worst times of human history, during the trib- tribulation period, Christ will still be saving souls. And this should not surprise us because of his great love for us. You know, even in the Bible, tells us in 2 Peter 3.9, For the Lord is not slack, or he is not slow concerning his promise that he is coming back. As some men men count slackness, but is long-suffering, or his patience is so great toward us, not willing that any should perish, but all should come to the saving knowledge of Christ. They should all come to repentance. Then in Ezekiel 1823 it says, this is God speaking. He says, For I, He says, Have I any pleasure in the death of the wicked? declares the Lord God, and not that he should turn from his sinful way and live. God does not desire for for you know he just takes no pleasure, let me put it on. he takes no pleasure in the death of the wicked. But he had rather that they would turn from their sinful way and come back to him or come to him. God will receive no pleasure in watching the world suffer during the tribulation period. And when Jesus, he will pour out his wrath upon men, not because this is something he wants to do or something he desires to do, but it's because of his holiness requires him to do it. You know, Jesus made a promise to us that these things would happen. Jesus has to be faithful to what he has said. He has to be faithful to his own words. So he has to do what he said that he's going to do. If he didn't, you know, that would make Jesus a liar. And it says, for God is a God that cannot lie. He can only tell the truth. You know, then the Bible warns us in Romans 6.23 that the wages of sin is death. If we and we all have sin, we've all been contaminated with that disease right there called sin. But we have a cure for that, and his name is Jesus Christ. His blood will cure any sin that you have ever done. It will it will take away any sin. There is no sin more powerful or stronger than the blood of Jesus. I don't care what you've done, where you've been, or anything. Jesus' blood will take away your sin if you'll just ask him but you know when you come to Jesus you've got to come to him with your heart you can't just come to him and say well I've I've heard this I don't know where to believe it but I've heard it no you have to believe in your heart that Jesus is the son of God that he died for your sins he shed his blood to cleanse your sins and and to make you righteous again with God he reconciled us back to God through his blood. He cleansed us so that God could now look upon us. And we have to believe this. And we have to believe that he died for our sins. And then on that third day that Jesus rose from that tomb. And now he sits at the right hand of God forevermore in the heavens. If we will believe this in our hearts, just like Romans ten thirteen says, For whomsoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved I don't care who you are what you've done if you will call upon Jesus Christ with your heart and believe in your heart you will be saved you will have eternal life in heaven you won't have to worry about this tribulation you won't have to worry about going through all the stuff that Jesus has just got through telling us about because we will be out of here the rapture will come and it will take the church off of this earth and place us in heaven We will not go through the rapture. We will not go through it. You know, after the third chapter of Revelations, the church is not mentioned again until later on, way down in there. But why? Because the church is not here. The church isn't here to to, to talk about. We are in heaven. He is talking about all the sins of the people that never accepted Jesus. He's talking about their tribulation, their problems, their troubles, all the agony and stuff that they are going to go through. The faithful church is going to be in heaven with Jesus Christ. Are you a member of that faithful church? Do you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? If you don't, you need to accept him. You need to believe in your heart that he is who he says he is, that he is the Son of God. If you will do this and you believe in your heart, you know, you can be saved. People will suffer and die during the tribulation only because they refuse to come to Christ and receive his forgiveness. You know, it's terrible to have to go through this just just because you can't believe. But when you get to heaven or when you go through this tribulation let me put it like that when you go through this tribulation you're going to want to believe but if you have accepted the mark of the beast if you have bowed before that beast your fate is sealed and that your fate now is eternal hell for all eternity but if you've accepted Jesus Christ you have eternal life forever and ever and ever and ever there's no end to it you will be in the, in heaven with Jesus or it won't be in heaven, but you'll be in what they call the New Jerusalem. You know, and that's getting ready to come down here before long. We will have a new home called the New Jerusalem. Will you be in this New Jerusalem? Or will you be burning in hell? You know, this is a decision that we have to make. And, it's, it's, and this is a decision that nobody can make for you. You have to make it yourself. I cannot make it for my children, my grandchildren. They have to make it their self. You have to make that decision. This is now between you and God. We can pray for you and pray that God will just touch your spirit that will draw you, but you've got to come. You've got to do it yourself. You have to say yes to Jesus. And when you do, and you mean it in your heart, you have eternal life. You will not go through this tribulation or through this time because it won't be long before that trumpet will sound and Christ will come back in those clouds, receive the, the church, and take us all back to heaven. Have you made a choice? Have you said yes to Jesus Christ? Or are you still kind of straddling the fence? You don't know what to do. This is a no-brainer, people. Die and spend eternity in hell, accept Jesus Christ, spend eternity in heaven. You know, that is not really a hard choice, but you have to make it. And you have to, you have to, you have to profess it yourself and ask Jesus Christ into your heart if you'll do this praise God that'll be the best decision you ever made the very best decision that you have ever made so anyway I just wanted to bring this to you this morning because we can just look around us and we can see all this stuff starting to unfold before our eyes so I'll just ask you are you ready for Christ to come back if you're not Would you pray this prayer with me right now? Father God in heaven, I'm asking your son, Jesus Christ, to forgive me of my sins, to receive me unto his self. Lord, I believe that Jesus Christ is your son. I believe he came to this earth. I believe he died on that cross. I believe he shed his blood for the forgiveness of my sin. Lord, and I receive him as my Lord and as my Savior. If you'll just say this short little prayer and how simple it is, you'll be in heaven. I want to thank you for your time today. And may God bless each and every one of you. And I'll see you next Wednesday. May the peace of God be with you and his hedge of protection around you. So until next Wednesday, stay safe. And come to Christ in Jesus' name.